Hey, everybody. It's 372 pages. We'll never get back. I am Connor Lestoka, and we have a new book that we're going to be reading together. We being me and, and Mike Nelson. But hey. before, before we get to that book, Mike has a treat for everybody. He's a story. Oh. Story time. Yes. This but first a, I want to ask, is, is the official pronunciation of 372 pages will never get back? 372 pages will never get back? <laughs> we'll never get it back? You come to me and you tell me that we'll never get these pages back? No. 372 pages? Yeah. I'm looking at the numbers here. I, I, had, it, I had it listed at 60 pages. 362. So I, that's why I question that. I'll bring it up again. It's the, the English patient. Remember, people would pronounce it the English patient. Well, <laughs> the, 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 you don't, you know, the, there's, a, there's a guy in the other room, the, the patient, yeah. the English patient. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're trying to be polite about it. Like he, the, the English patient has a hook for a hand. So they're trying mm-hmm. to figure out how to identify him. So they're, but they're, they don't want to be, be rude about it. So they're saying, no, the, 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 the English patient? Like, right. No, no. He has a, <laughs> Come on, Captain Hook. <laughs> yes. Uh, anyway, sorry. Got, How got do, us... So you say that the English patient? Well, I just think there should be no emphasis, right? <laughs> How can you have no emphasis? Well, I mean, you don't have to hit one strongly. The English patient. Sounds like you're hitting patient there. That would be the English patient? <laughs> that's a talking cat. Uh, yeah, I don't know. That's pro- there's, there was a Seinfeld about it, and that's my English patient uh, memory, so that's probably how they pronounced it there, and it just sort of caught Oh, on. but that was, that was just that it was a terrible movie. Yeah. It was overrated. But yeah. it was a Best Picture winner? Oh, yes. Uh, I believe never, so, yeah. Never have seen it. Probably have talked to people who saw it back when people in you know high school were trying to watch every Best Picture winner, but... Well, I'll listen to the podcast uh, three and a quarter hours. I'll never get back, and it's all about <laughs> the English patient. Anyway, uh, yeah, I do. I have a little. Uh, I teased this on our call in. Call in. Call <laughs> <Sorry>. in. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, someone asked about it. Someone called up. I think from a, a, a barbecue place, and for whatever reason, this was on their mind as they were about to get some. Uh, the barbecue was being chopped. And they I believe I teased it on a different podcast. Okay. Like trees walking, maybe, <laughs> or maybe the other one. I don't know. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's a story of, of my uh, inheritance. Yeah. And uh, so I'd, I'd like to uh, briefly tell you how that happened with leaving out certain details so that people can't uh, you sure. know, figure out. Because they're Identity people, theft. people living and dead, yes. Sure. Uh, but, yeah, inheritance. This sounds like, I mean... Who doesn't want an inheritance? Like, this yeah, sounds life-changing. I had a good friend in college who, um, I swear it happened every year. And I don't think that he was lying or anything to sort of cover the fact that maybe his was on a trust fund or something. But he would say, mm-hmm. yeah, my uncle passed away and <laughs> I, I got $40,000 just put into my account. Like, wow, all right. So, you know, I'm buying pizza. Right. And uh, I'm sure you've had friends, or maybe you yourself have gotten a little, a little bump from passed uh, along. Yeah, but uh, so it happened to me about I'm going to say eight years ago. My uh, my my uncle, mm-hmm. my mother's brother, passed away, and he uh, he lived in my beloved grandmother's house. Okay, and he had, he had never really moved out. 
never never quite launched. He was an interesting character. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'll give you a, a little hint of his character. He uh, he had to go on a date, probably in his mid forties, with uh, a woman that he met at Square Dancing named Yolanda. Okay, yeah. And uh, he had not. He had a uh, front tooth had been missing for quite some time. <laughs> Sounds like you're uh, setting up a uh, Wes Anderson sort of like, you know, Alec Baldwin should be narrating this. He met Yolanda at square dancing competition. His missing front tooth had caused numerous problems. It's just slightly adjacent to a Tom Waits thing, too. Yeah, Yeah, the date a square dancer named Yolanda. Her pet skunks had caused her a lot of trouble at the town across the river, but... So, in order to present a uh, a better look... Uh, to for the date, he took a piece of chewing gum and <laughs> put it in the socket and put the tooth, which no. was in his drawer, uh, in in the socket. My and then, God! And he hadn't. Um, he did not trust, or just didn't like to pay for optometry, even though he had poor vision. And so he wore the glasses that he had, that his grandmother had gotten, that my grandmother <laughs> had gotten him when he was in eighth grade, that had little ponies on the side. <laughs> So he was he was off to his date with, with Oh, Yolande. my God. Oh. So distrust of the automatrist is a new one to me. I, mean, I don't know whether it was mistrust. He was a very peculiar, obviously, he was a very peculiar <laughs> man. He, um, now, if I you heard this, that he was writing a book about a uh, certified public accountant a series, would that surprise you? <laughs> well, it wouldn't because uh, he did, he, he was a bit of a wordsmith. He, uh, he once told us, and and uh, my wife was there when this happened, so this is not she will she will vouch for this that uh, he was talking to us and and I do an impression of my uncle because he kind of had a high voice that would go into a <laughs> it was not full out uh, uh, Jiminy, Jiminy Glick, Glick. but uh, there were uh, there were traits there but he uh, he said he had to get going he'd love to stay and talk with us with I think then probably my newish wife he hadn't seen her much. Mm-hmm. And uh, he said, I got to get going because I got to write the newsletter for the KKK. K. <gasps> and we, of course, I knew about this, but uh, Bridget, you know, stopped short. What? I'm sorry, what? <laughs> the Kane County Car Club. Oh, all, my God. Okay. <laughs> the KKK. KK. Wow. Is, is Kane with a C, or was it was it Kane half K's, is half the C's? K? Kane okay. is what motivated the four. The four. Wow. K's. Wow. Again, this is uh, yeah, this is out of <laughs> this is out of dial it back a bit territory when you're submitting the screenplay. Well, and and one last detail before I get to the meat of the story is that I once I I read I think in high school I read uh, Confederacy of Dunces. Sure. And. The details, obviously, this is heavily steeped in, you know, it's Louisiana, and so it's got that distinctive feature to it, but mm-hmm. I read it and went, good lord, <laughs> this is Uncle Wally, and Ignatius? I insisted that my family read this book, and everyone, to, to a man, read it and said, yeah, I mean, yeah, besides the New Orleans stuff, this is him. Wow, because <laughs> he lives with his mother, he's... <laughs> Sort of suspicious of, you know, the, the lot in life and how everyone else is regarding him. Yep. Over-educated, uh, you know, penning letters, penning arrogant letters <laughs> to people. <laughs> but holding down a job or, or was he Oh, sort of, uh, heavens no. He would... Uh, <laughs> Sorry. He, 
he uh, he sold um, the only reason that my beloved grandmother, who was a devout Catholic, who went to mass every day, okay, a- that allowed fits too. allowed him and his uh, band of, of thieves, and, and uh, <laughs> he was surrounded by quite a crew. Let's just say, and uh, this crew uh, was in the scam of like overcharging for personalized Bibles. and so my my grandmother who she just sort of covered her eyes and went well it's you know it's the lord's word and uh so can't put a price on that so this cast of characters was always around when i was a when i was a kid oh my god it's like uh kramer meets uh meets ignatius J. yeah yeah he um he wore uh he had slicked over hair his whole life like you know from the I mean, it was it's it's Hitler hair. Let's just yeah, call, yeah, it, yeah. call it what it is. He had Hitler hair, and he often had a little mustache. Uh, so yeah, super greasy hair, and he, then he wore a white box, you know, with those white shoes that he probably got in the fifties, and then a white belt often. <laughs> so put that put that picture together. <laughs> and so was he? I mean, like we 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 started the story with his, you know. He's obviously passing away. What was your relationship with him in the final years before that? Was it mostly uh, front loaded in your early years of your life? Yes, yes, it was. I mean, he's he. My my mother passed away when I was very young, and so and, and my grandmother was absolutely beloved. It was a wonderful, wonderful like the light of my life, and she, mm. we we just loved her. And so then there was just this weirdo, and my <laughs> and my mother was. Obviously, was a very was a popular. She was a sunny person. She was, you know, just beloved. And uh, and then there was this dude. And no, <laughs> yeah. So anyway, uh, I guess I got a little more personal than I needed to. But since nobody knows, you know, yeah, yeah, it's, it's you know, you could... nothing bad, just quirky. I mean, he's a quirky dude. I had a high tolerance for him. I liked him. Yeah, um, yeah my... you tend to, <laughs> yes. you tend to not be irritated by guys that I'm like gnashing my teeth over. <laughs> Uh, the rest of the family, you know, various degrees. But uh, anyway, yes, I got along with him fine. And we, you know, uh, he was always around, as I said. I think he went to uh, to get a job as a uh, uh, teaching professor and was laughed out of the classroom. <laughs> now it sounds like you're actually confusing him with the, the backstory of Ignatius Riley. <laughs> I'm, I'm telling you God's <laughs> truth. That's why I gave the book to every member of my wow. family. Wow. Uh, anyway. So, yes, so he passed away about eight years ago. He, my grandmother had passed away ten years before that. And he and, and had, your mom were the only two? Yes. Okay. And he had, she, my grandmother, had given him the house. And so he lived in the house solo for eight years, of which I did not visit it. Yeah. And so the lawyer called me and said that this had, you know, I'm sure you knew that your uncle had passed away, but he... The house is now you, it belongs to you and your two brothers. Yes. I do, I remember this day. It was at the, uh, uh, well, it was at the um, office with the second floor. And I remember yes. you coming in and saying, my uncle died. And I was like, I'm so sorry. And you were sort of like, no, no, no. Uh, but you're like, and I've inherited the house. And it was like, well, you know, all right, let's uh, let's go to O'Brien's. That's a, that's worth uh, celebrating. And you were sort of like, not so fast. <laughs> not so fast. Not yes. that kind of uncle. <laughs> This uh, this house is in a very desirable location. Um, it's you know close to a downtown that is very desirable. <laughs> um, 
Yeah. Sounds like sh- he wouldn't be providing that information if there wasn't some sort of uh, monkey's paw twist. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I decided not to. My brother was executor, and so my brother said, we're, we're going to go down there and get the house ready for sale, um, which is, of course, you know, this is yeah. what you do. And because no one was going to move there, we have, we have nobody in the area. So, mm-hmm. so they went down there, took a weekend. My, I think my two brothers, perhaps uh, I have a uh, younger half sister who is not included, but went down, I believe. Uh-huh. And, uh, yeah, the, the <laughs> Uncle Wally, unsurprisingly, <laughs> let's just get to it, was a bit of a hoarder. <laughs> so floor to ceiling papers, um, Treatises, manifestos. Yes, I'm sure. Unpublished letters to many different editors. Mm -hmm. Unpublished KKK. uh, uh, Boxes for, uh, you know, Magnavox TV from 1975 that was sort of, you know, a built-in type of thing that he obviously was not ever returning and type of thing. Yes, but the crowning glory. It was the middle of winter in a very cold and bitter winter. And... uh, Apparently, the facilities, the the loo had broken some time before. <laughs> so, so my uncle um, got, I don't know, pails, buckets. What do you, you know, the white. Like, uh, yeah, Homer's Home Depot. Uh, yeah, like, num- you know, number 10 five pails, gallon, perhaps. Yeah. Yes. Homebrew, we use it for homebrew. And, uh, and homebrewed himself a little <laughs> series of. Of toilets around the former house of my beloved grandmother. Series. So there was he. Oh he, yes, many. They tried to speculate how many years <laughs> it had been. Wow. He was filling. So he. The question is, you know, obviously whether he went to Home Depot was like, you know, give me as many as you got, or if it was like, well, I've got a couple inches left at the top of this one. Guess I got to make another run. Or was it? Um, you know, going to the kitchen supply store and getting sliced dill pickles for, you know, <laughs> for the restaurant and just going, well, I better eat to the bottom of this one because it's time. Yeah, doing the analysis of being like, well, I could spend $5 on the bucket or I could, yeah, I could buy a, a gallon of pickled eggs and house uh, <laughs> the jar in for free for that. So I'd be a fool not to. Right. So, again, uh I guess the saving grace frozen. Yeah. Because the heat had, had also been shut off. I don't think he had paid for uh his utilities for uh-huh. some time. I guess the Bible <laughs> business had really taken it. <laughs> Man. And yeah, you know, I mean, you know, the only thing the only thing with frozen is that, you know, they're as you take them to wherever they need to be, it's a race against time. That's that is I guess true. we probably had a dumpster at the house by this point in time. This was I'm a... sure once they saw it, they they tripled the size of the dumpster. <laughs> that they... This wasn't a strap it into the passenger seat and uh, <laughs> you know race against time. No. So um, last year I went to the my hometown because another uncle had passed away. Wow! This, this one me twice. This one a a beloved man who. <laughs> Who we we wept tears over and told funny stories of what an incredible great guy he was. So, <laughs> but <laughs> the point being, I had a little time and I stopped by the house, assuming mm-hmm. that it had, of course, been demolished, demolished into its own basement and covered over. Yeah. 
Someone was. Someone had fixed it up. <laughs> they were in there. A, I assume there had been pipes reconnected. <laughs> there's a little Tykes uh, red and yellow car in the front yard. There's kids living there, running it around was, like a Terrence Malick movie. Yeah, it was. It was eerie to see. But uh, yeah, so all is well back at uh, back at that house. <laughs> My favorite detail of this, and it uh, it has a recent addendum, is that uh, our friend Adam from San Diego, who uh, yeah. recently. A year or two ago, bought the house across from their house in North Park because uh, old Coot was also living there, a guy who mm-hmm. had, you know, had no central air. So when it got too hot, he would go under the house. Oh, like sure. He would, you know, he would, he would just, <laughs> you know, he had a crawl space. He had a crawl space that, you know, most people uh, trap skunks and stuff under, but he would go down there because that was the coolest spot. So he died and somehow... You know, Adam is a moral person, so I, I don't think there was any uh, subterfuge involved. But he had, you know, somehow managed to get his signature on the uh, selling him the house before, uh, you know, it actually went to market before he passed away. Oh, wow. So, so Adam goes over there with his, uh, you know, six-year-old and three-year-old, and they start, you know, they're, Adam's a handyman. He's demol- demolishing stuff and digging stuff up. And he, uh, the guy had left him a little gift, too. And they were, uh, I, I delighted in telling you this, it was not uh, buckets of feces, it was just jars of money that he had buried all around the property, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like an old uh, prospector. And uh, he, Adam found, you know, he's had this for over a year now, and they, they found jars of money um, uh, in the early days, and he found uh, a new jar just last week. That was just wow. a wad of 50s. He's no. Over $5,000 Are we in talking like old uh, do- silver dollar coins? or uh... <laughs> They were old. You could tell like they were old, uh, you know, before they revamped the build design. But um, yeah. <laughs> wow. So, you know, there's uh, the yin and the yang. of. There's um, different ways to go. Yeah. Old coots leaving things behind. I thought when you said it got, uh, when, he, when it got hot, he did the old. Have you ever seen? This is really old, guys. They would take their handkerchief out, possibly wet it, possibly not, and just set it on their head. And so if you look at old photos, you'll see the oldest person will sometimes just have a handkerchief just resting on their head. <laughs> to absorb the sweat? I I don't know. I don't know what the... I guess just keep a little of the sun off your pate. I yeah. don't know. <laughs> uh, well, so yeah. yeah, so this is about the book we're going to be reading next, and... Uh, I hope that sir that that uh, satisfied the guy who called in and asked for that story. I can't imagine that it didn't. That's that's really something. Yeah. That uh, well, that sets the table well. Yeah. Buckets of feces. Speaking, Speaking of buckets of, of feces. <laughs> why don't you? Uh, yeah. Let's uh, not tease it anymore. What are no. we doing? Yeah. It came out today. Midnight Sun by Stephanie Meyer. Woo-hoo. This is uh, this is uh, Twilight. Um, this is revolutionary. As retold from uh, the Edwards' point of view, the vampire, mm-hmm. Robert Pattinson. Um, and so this is, I guess, something the world needed. Yeah. Um, it's, uh, I, I don't know. We've got a pretty good relationship with Twilight. And uh, it's not like, uh, you know, the uh, the last book we read where we're like, well, goths, MCR, this is beyond, you know, our familiarity. We've seen every single Twilight movie and spent a lot of time with them. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure I'll remember. I mean, I, I, the, the broad and general things, CGI babies, shirtless mm-hmm. werewolves. Yes. I, I've got sparkly vampires. Yeah, the, the, the mustache dad wearing plaid and drinking Rainier. Uh, gate mouth staring from our heroine. <laughs> and uh, uh, vampires that uh, at some point in time were revealed to have southern accents because they were Confederate generals in the Civil War. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, so- softball playing vampires. Oh, of course. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's in the first book. So I believe it's just the first book being retold. Oh, thank uh, from God. His, from his perspective. Um, and But yeah, we, we, we did all the movies at Rift Tracks. We went and saw a couple of them in the theater, I feel like. I've got what? a picture of me and you and Sean at a... Uh, we went and saw it, I remember. And Oh, do we uh, have to because we were going to come out on the day of... Uh, maybe, yeah. Or, or could have just been a publicity stunt. I'm not sure, but yeah, I'll, I'll dig up that picture. But um, Wow. Yeah. The, the, the way that we started doing them was... Uh, I don't I don't remember why, but it was it was very uh, debated, hotly debated whether we should do these Twilight movies because we were like our our fans want to see, you know, uh, the Lord of the Rings and, and Matrix and stuff like that. So there was actually a bet whether or not it would be popular, and it turned out to be you know the most popular thing we'd ever done. That's right. And who was on the winning side of that bet? <laughs> you bet the uh, our CEO uh, a sushi dinner that I assume he. Um, has you know has has paid off, but I don't know why you, why you thought they would be so so successful. I don't, I just once I saw the movie and I saw the pacing of it and I saw the you know the rabid fan base. I, I just thought maybe this could be a a way to uh, you know an olive branch to people who normally wouldn't listen to our stuff. And so right. But, it turned out to be that way. But I was trying to think, okay, doing the the story of a book, a very popular book series from another person's perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, trying to think if it's been done. I mean, there's things like you know, there's Wicked, which is yeah, you know, but that's a you know much later, and that kind of stuff has been done where you just kind of take a different angle. But the author, doing him or herself, himself, doing it, yeah, years yeah. after. Yeah, I mean, I guess Melville didn't write a book, you know, that was from the whale's perspective. Right. I was, you know, like C.S. Lewis didn't write um, the Screw Tape Letters from God's perspective. You know, yeah. so he. Uh, <laughs> He left it alone. I would so have liked I, a Confederacy of Dunches from Jones' perspective. That would have been pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, I mean, so it, it has. It has been done. They did uh, Fifty Shades of Grey from the guy's perspective. So I and this. So I found an interview with her. The New York Times spoke to her, uh, I guess, over the weekend, probably, or maybe just yesterday. And she claimed, and I guess it's true, because uh, that she did all this before the Fifty Shades of Grey thing. Um, and she probably is not a fan of that comparison, but... Uh, I guess the Fifty Shades of Grey got it out there first, but she Wait, uh, had, she claimed she already had it. Yeah, I guess chapters of this leaked online in two thousand eight. Um, so maybe that's where the Fifty Shades of Grey got the idea. What? But it, it leads to this uh, this this interesting exchange. I didn't read the whole thing because I think they got into the pl- plot, and I didn't want to go in. I wanted to go in blind. But it, New York Times said, "Why did you decide to publish the book now?" Her answer: Because I finished it. The reason it wasn't published earlier was because it was not done. <laughs> so, so we've got that, uh, and I think I think again, Melville said the same thing when they were uh, in that in that movie where they were interviewing him about uh, the sort of making of Moby Dick movie that came out a few years ago. Did she was she just recovering from a head injury or something? <laughs> it sounds like someone trying to find reality again or something. Yeah. Yeah, the interviewer looks over to the side where her handler is standing, and the handler just says, "Keep going." <laughs> but then she says, uh, "She says uh, I, I had been people were waiting for it." But then she says, "And then COVID nineteen happens, and so do we still put it out?" And I was hmm. like, "Why would you? It's what? <laughs> of, of, 
It's not going to prevent people from from reading a book in their home. I don't understand. I Unless don't understand that either. Shocking, uh, you know, insensitive pandemic subplot that uh, you introduce in this. But uh, so yeah, it's uh, based on that. I have high hopes for this. Yeah, uh, and lengthwise, lengthwise, is, it's unfortunate. It's, yeah, yeah, we we won't uh, we won't hide that fact from you. <laughs> Going to be a bit of a slog. I wouldn't call it a uh, shadow moon slog. I hope. I can't imagine. I can't imagine the. But I've never read the uh, read her prose. Um, so I, I'm, I'm curious to see, you know, what the style is like and hopefully it is as, as fast to read as the mister. Cause the mister had some, some page heft to it. It did. That was pretty easy, pretty easy lifting, but, um, she was a fanfic person herself, correct? Uh, Stephanie Meyer. I don't know about that. I can't answer that question. Okay. I thought so, but I mean, for sure are the, the mister. Yes. Well, what is her name? E.L. E.L. James. Oh, okay. <laughs> he is, he, uh, she was, yeah. So that's what the uh, Fifty Shades of Grey somehow started as, was Twilight fanfic. Um, so yeah, common sort of thread in the uh, in the past couple books, I guess. Mm-hmm, indeed. <laughs> uh, not seasoned authors like Jim Tice. Exactly, yeah. Well, you know, he's got, uh, well, he has one book, but uh, Dwight David Thrash has, you know, a dozen to his name, so. Yeah, no fanfic there. Well, exciting. I, yeah. Um, Extremely. Yeah. It, it will be interesting to see the pros, I, but I can't imagine. But there are already nine ratings on it. Oh. And, and it is uh, it is getting fantastic reviews. Is it now? Let me go to the ratings. <laughs> Good uh, enough number, book, arrived on time? Uh, no, the first one is Here Come the Trolls. Five <laughs> stars. <laughs> oh, so they're, uh, the fans are out in advance of the... the... Correct. Okay. Uh, worth the read. Uh, and then, then the first one star review, Twilight flipped. Okay. Um, yep. So I don't. Yeah. You know. That delivers. I mean, that's that's what it's promising. The trolls don't get it, and I'm loving the book. I like this view of Twilight from Edward's perspective. That's the entire five star review. Oh my god! So yeah, so the the first book came out in 2005. So people, you know, if you if you read that as a at the age where you would care about the trolls. The haters, the the preps, you've you've aged fifteen years from then, so you know if mm-hmm. you're, it, it seems like it's a hard thing to keep caring about, you know. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you've if you've if you've finished if you were in high school when you started these, or even if you were twenty five, you are now. Uh, it's just you're you're approaching an age where that should be the least of your concerns, probably. Uh, I've got a little quiz for you if you're on. Amazon, don't look. The, I'm not. Ori- the original Twilight Saga, book one. Yeah. Um, reviews of uh, 8,000, almost 9,000 reviews. Uh, what would you think the rating is? Uh, I would say um, 4.1. 4.6 out of 5 stars. Wow. Top critical review is 3 stars, not 14s. <sighs> Wow. Otherwise, beloved. That is Moby wild. Dick. Let's just go to Moby Dick. You can <laughs> fill the time while I... Oh, man. Yeah, that's going to be, uh, you know, probably 3.8. Too long. Too many things about knots. Um, uh, Moby, I'm going to go to Queequeg, the... portrayal insensitive. Yes. Okay, here it is. The most reviews on this version of Moby Dick. 3,300 ratings. Wow. And it only gets... Come on. Yep. 
4.3 out of 5. <laughs> All right, definitive. So there you go. Oh, man. Twilight well, is better than Moby Dick by 0.3 stars. <laughs> well, I'm looking at Entertainment Weekly. I was hoping the same author who gave the Mr. an F said it was the only F she'd ever given would have reviewed it. But it doesn't appear that people have actually uh, um, got a chance to take a look at it yet. So we'll we'll track down some uh, some critical reviews. Hopefully they're not like... Actually, amazing. She she turned it around. Like I wept uh, at the at the sensitive portrayal of this character. But uh, she has her writing has matured a hundredfold. Yeah, mm-hmm. the prose is crackling and dense. Yes. Um, yeah, we'll see. Uh, yeah, we will. And you know, again, maybe it will surprise us. We say that with all of these. It hasn't <laughs> happened yet. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> all right. So get your copy. Yeah. Get it? We'll start reading it, and uh, we'll find out. We don't have it in our hands yet, but we'll find out what's a uh, appropriate amount of time for the first uh, first thing, and we'll we'll post that in the in the notes. So, uh, in signing off, I'll say, "Here come the trolls." <laughs> I guess that's us. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is three hundred seventy-two pages. We'll never get back. So, buckets of feces, everyone. Bye. <laughs>